Thank you so much for joining us in worship today. Um, during this time of worship, we probably did some of the anchors. We probably, we anchored ourselves in Christ. We surrendered ourselves. We confessed who God is. We gave thanks. And um, hopefully ideas of service even came to mind. Those have been some of the anchors we've been exploring. Today, um, we're going to talk about, like I said earlier, meditation. And what meditation is, is thinking about and focusing on God's word, God's ways, who God is, and all God's mighty works. And when we do this, when we focus ourselves, when we meditate on God's scripture, on the word, we are anchored. We become anchored in Christ. Um, you guys all know, a while back I mentioned a movie called Harriet. It's about Harriet Tubman. Uh, I was just reading more about her this week, and I thought, oh my goodness, another cool thing about Harriet. Uh, for those of you who don't know, she was born into slavery in the 1820s, and she made a daring escape in 1849. And after that, she became an abolitionist and a spy. And, um, and even in moments of extreme danger, she demonstrated nothing but raw and calm, peaceful courage. Of course, we weren't there. This is what we have from, from stories and history. But Harriet was a devout follower of Christ. And she spent a lot of time, this is what I learned this week, learning, memorizing, and meditating on scripture. And as she pondered those passages, she turned them into prayers. And in prayer, she learned to practice the presence of God. This is what she told her biographer. I prayed all the time about my work, um, I, everywhere. I was always talking to the Lord. When I went to the horse trough to wash my face, I took up the water in my hands and I said, oh Lord, wash me, make me clean. When I took up the towel to wipe my face and hands, I cried, oh Lord, for Jesus' sake, wipe away my sins. When I took up the broom and began to sweep, I groaned, oh Lord, whatsoever sin there be in my heart, sweep it out, Lord, clear and clean. Her favorite scripture was Isaiah 16, 3. Does this surprise us? Hide the fugitives, do not betray the refugees. And she was obedient. That became a prayer that turned into a mandate for her life. She surrendered, after she became free, she surrendered her freedom to the mission of rescuing hundreds out of slavery and leading them to safety. Her code name was Moses because she never lost a single escapee. During the Civil War, she became a secret agent for the Union Army, and despite a bounty on her head, she always managed to evade capture. Harriet divided time and energy to memorizing scripture, meditating on the word, turning it into prayer, and abiding in the presence of God. This, in turn, became catalytic for a supernatural ministry of freeing her fellow slaves. And if you watch that movie, you can just see how supernatural it was. So what is meditation? It's to think deeply and carefully and to focus your mind. It's listening to God's word written and spoken. It's reflecting on God's works. It's rehearsing God's deeds, the things that God has done. And it's ruminating some people call it chewing. There's lots of analogies in scriptures of chewing on God's word. 
For example, in some times we see in history where we're commanded or exhorted or encouraged to meditate is when in biblical history, when God delivered his people from the slavery of Egypt, which Jane was just talking about, and God's people were on the banks of coming to a place of freedom, and their leader, Joshua, reminded them, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So in order for God's people to succeed in this new land, this new ter the territory, this new place, they had to meditate on God's word, on God's laws. They needed God's words deep, deep, deep in their being. The word meditate, interestingly, has all sorts of different um, expressions, the Hebrew word hagites, to murmur, to ponder, imagine, meditate, mourn, mutter, roar, speak, study, talk, utter. You heard Harriet, she said, I groaned when I washed my face, or I, she used that word groan to, with her biographer, she groaned her prayers. Think of sounds like the growl of a lion over his prey, or the sound of low thunder, or the cooing of doves, or tone of a harp, or the groaning or sighing of a person. Sometimes meditation is silent, but it sits in your soul like a reverberation or an undercurrent of sound. Something that resonates and carries. Meditation requires that you're not in a hurry. So we know lately that we've been under time constraints and that our meetings and gatherings should be shorter just for a safety and things like that. But I've asked the worship team, I said, it doesn't matter if, it, if we can't sing as many songs, let's just make, let's have times where we can linger and pause. And that's what we got to experience today, which I think is so beautiful. It's restful. It takes us to that place of resting under that weighted glory and peace and shalom of God. Meditation is slowed down, pensive, thoughtful. Psalm 63, 6 says, I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. I recently was in a, just getting a regular annual physical and I was waiting for the doctor and I was like, well, if I have to sit here and wait, I'm just gonna rest. And I was so still and laying there so quiet with my eyes closed, just saying, I'm just gonna rest here, that the lights went out in the room because <laughs> I hadn't moved. <laughs> The motion sensors didn't work and the doctor came in and was all worried about me and I was like, hey, I was just enjoying peace, you know? We can lie awake thinking and meditating on God through the night. Meditation is also expansive and thorough. When you have unhurried time to think, you have time to mull things over. Uh, there's some examples of a dog chewing on a bone and taking all the satisfied, happy time it needs to get to the marrow. That's what we can do when we meditate on God's word, is just really just enjoy that meal. Psalm 77, 12, I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Thinking about all the expansive things that God has done. It's like looking at a diamond from every angle. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the one who does not walk with the wicked 
or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Sorry, I haven't memorized in a different version. This one is NIV. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, flourishing, we heard that word this morning, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. This is what happens when we seed ourselves and meditate on God and God's word. Harriet Tubman, she meditated at the horse trough while sweeping a floor, while running in the night. You can imagine that scripture, hide the fugitive, do not betray the refugees. You can hear, do not be afraid, I am with you. Run, you will, and you will not grow weary. You know, you'll run and you'll mount up with eagle's wings. You can just imagine scripture going through her mind because she had that deep well. She was a Moses drawn out of waters and a tree which yielded fruit and prospered. Recently, we sent, we've gone in different waves of sending this devotional to all our TF kids. If you didn't get one and you want one and it got lost in the mail, I was talking with someone who said, I didn't get mine. Let us know, let me know, and we'll get you one of these. It's a devotional about the character of God and I'm so excited. I got a message from one mom saying, we're reading it every morning. When we do that as parents, we're helping our kids be planted like trees by living water. When they, we're teaching them how to meditate on the Lord. And if you're here today, I'll give you one. If you would like one, I see we have a visitor. I will give you this devotional today. I would love to give it to you. We want our kids to grow up to be strong trees. Another word for meditation is consider. It's to distinguish, understand, attend, be cunning, be diligent, discern, instruct, have intelligence, perceive, be prudent, regard, be wisely. There's, there's lots of times in the Bible where, where God says consider, uses this word consider. One is when God's people weren't doing well, they're following other gods and they're abandoning the I am, the true God of heaven. And God calls a prophet named Jeremiah and he says, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says, consider all this and call for mourners. Sometimes meditation, sometimes considering things creates mourning. Another time, similar idea, um, God's people are gonna build or not build a place for God and they're spending all their money on selfish endeavors. And so God sends a prophet named Haggai who says, give careful thought to your ways. Again, similar story, find the prophet Daniel confessing his own sins and also the sins of his people. And then angel comes to him and says, God's heard your prayers. You're very important to God. Consider the word and understand the vision. Sometimes meditation on God's ways and word takes us to a place of introspection, lament, and consideration, and confession, and repentance. And then the vision is made plain. How much do we need vision right now in this time? How much do we need to see clearly Maybe if we anchor ourselves in meditating on God's word, we can get clearer vision. 
Another word is ponder. I think of Mary who pondered these things in her heart. But Luke 1, 28 through 29, when, when Jesus' mother Mary, when an angel comes to her and says, you're going to have the baby, you're going to have Jesus, you're going to have the Messiah. And Mary's like, what? And the angel says, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. There are times when God is at work and the result is a little bit of confusion and disturbance. <laughs> oh, this is confusing, God. This is disturbing. What is happening? And then later on, when G Mary gives birth to Jesus, and there's signs in the skies, there's angels, angelic hosts, there's shepherds, there's Herod, there's wise kings. It says Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. When I read that one, I think, I used to have this picture of Mary with her baby book. Oh, you know, Jesus just broke his first tooth or, you know, just those different pictures of a mother treasuring her baby. And I was like, I looked at the definition for ponder and it was way more than that. It, it was, um, had to do with disputing, throwing things together, bringing things together, attack, encounter. It kind of creates this idea that there's a wrestling that Mary was wrestling with what was happening in quietness, in privacy. She's putting pieces together, making connections with all of these signs and things that are happening. Sometimes that's what we do when we're in a place of meditating on God's word and on who God is and what God is saying. Richard Foster, who really influenced a lot of what I'm sharing today, and I have lots of quotes and stuff from him, but... Um, he says, in contemporary society, our adversary majors on three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. And I think there's real truth to that. When we meditate on God's words and works and ways, it takes us out of the noise, the hurry, and the crowds, even a busy church service, and it takes us to a place of connecting with Jesus and being at peace, entering into shalom. But here's the thing. Us humans, we have a perpetual tendency to want somebody else to talk to God for us, don't we? <laughs> Could somebody else talk to God and tell me what God is saying? But the Lord wants to speak directly to you. And it's, it's a real thing. It's so beautiful. Wherever you're at, you might not even believe in God, and that's fine. God still wants to speak to you. It seems strange. Meditation is scary. It can feel scary or maybe threatening because it boldly calls us to enter into the living presence of God for ourselves. When we look at people of faith we admire, maybe people in the Bible, maybe someone who taught you about Christ, maybe some hero, maybe Harriet Tubman, for example, I mean, I look at her and I'm like, she was so amazing. But I think we have to remember that God spoke to them not because they had special abilities, but because they were willing to listen. That's what made them different. What happens when we meditate and spend time with God is we create emotional and spiritual space to allow Jesus to have an inner sanctuary in our hearts. So I'm going to talk quickly 
about three misconceptions. Get a little more practical about meditation. In popular forms of meditation today, meditation is an attempt to empty the mind. But the way I'm talking about meditation today is meditation on Jesus so his word can fill your mind. Be aware of this idea that you can empty your mind because <laughs> God didn't create our brains to be empty. That's kind of funny, isn't it? <laughs> God created our brains and our minds to be full of imagination, wisdom, wonder, and knowledge of the presence of God and love for others. Do a spiritual check the next time you're in a place where someone tells you to empty your mind. When somebody tells you that, let me offer you a suggestion, an alternative. Imagine you're trying to calm yourself and quiet yourself, and you have all sorts of stuff in your head that is not helpful. It isn't life-giving, fear, whatever it is. Stop and do a divine exchange with God. Start with surrender. I'm going to surrender to God right now. And then begin to exchange. Just offer complaints for Thanksgiving. Offer unforgiveness and ask God to help you forgive. Offer bitterness and ask for tenderness and generosity. If there's shame that makes you want to hide, confess. It's so liberating. There's no shame before God. If it's fear, offer it to God. Ask God to take it from you and ask for trust and love and the goodness of God. If it's lust, ask God to purify your mind. If it's power and control and striving, Ask God to give you ideas for service and self-control instead of control of others. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. When we surrender our lives, to God, to Jesus. We don't become empty, mindless people. We are new creations who take on the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that I can have the mind of Christ. Misconception number two is that we become detached from the world. You've heard the phrase, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Popular meditation is like you detach from the world and you enter this cosmic mind. No. Uh, Thomas Merton puts it this way. Meditation has no point and no reality unless it's firmly rooted in life. The Quakers are famous for this. Um, their church tradition includes silent worship, silent listening, listening, and lots of meditation. I've been looking at some of their stuff, and it's quite fascinating. Um, but their American early founder, William Penn, emphasized that time in the presence of God does not turn people out of the world, but enables them to live better in it and excites their endeavors to mend it. The Quakers, for example, were the ones running errands of mercy during the London plague of 1665. They were there. Kelsey's studying US history, and we've been talking about the Jewish internment during World War, not Jewish, the Japanese-American internment during World War II, and how 112,000 people 
um, from the West Coast during 112,000 um, Japanese Americans were interned in camps, and that one was in Utah. And they lost their possessions, their jobs, their homes, and they were put in camps because um, they were considered en potential enemies. And the Quakers, you know who was there for them? The Quakers. The Quakers were at the train stops, the bus stops, and delivering packaged goods to the camps. Something about their stillness and quietness before God motivated them to action. When you look at people of faith, they aren't always super smart or major influencers, but they're close to the heart of God. Again, God speaks to them not because they have special abilities, but because they are willing to listen and faithfully obey. Meditating on God's word produces fruit. Remember Psalm 1? Leaves that don't wither, fruit that lasts. The third misconception, it's a form of psychological manipulation. No, we don't want manipulation. Yes, it's for you scientifically. Lowers your heart rate, lowers your stress, all of that good stuff, blood pressure. But I'm talking about reaching beyond a human experience to meet with God today. When Jesus withdrew to quiet and isolated places, he didn't do it just to be away from people, but he did it so he could meet with God. Sometimes meditation can feel like a discipline that creates peace and security. Other times it can take you to crazy cool spiritual places full of wonder. But it's a grace that God gives us. If you look through history, God spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. God is offering us friendship. In Isaiah 6, there's a story of one of God's prophets, and Isaiah sees God's full glory and seraphim and angels, and hears the sound of thunder and the smell of smoke. So sometimes it's like a friend, sometimes it's this glorious experience, other times it's a gentle whisper or a still small voice like what Elijah experienced in 1 Kings 19. Another friend of God, Jeremiah, said that God's word is, like, is in my heart like a fire and a fire shut up in my bones. That's what happened when Jeremiah meditated on God's laws and God's ways. Okay, practical. How do we do this? First of all, figure out ways to memorize and think about scripture. Aaron used to tease me because I would keep index cards in my back pocket with the scripture verse I was trying to memorize. And he'd come up behind me, he'd see that little white index card and he'd pull it out. He's like, what are you thinking about these days? <laughs> That's one trick. I was talking with a friend and I saw on their mirror in the background, they had scripture in um, dry erase all over their mirror. There's apps, there's journals, there's coloring. I use passwords now to, to memorize those references. I'm so bad at it. I make my passwords the scripture verses that I'm thinking about, you know, Psalm 22, hashtag Psalm 22.5 or whatever. There's a tip for you. Other ways that we can meditate 
You can get outside. I love the scripture in Genesis where um, Isaac is waiting for Rebecca and it says that he was out meditating and walking in the fields. That's where I am. That's what I like. I like being out in the fields. Enjoy the quietness of night. We already talked about that. Find a place to be alone. When Jesus heard all the commotion in the news, he left to a remote area to be alone. Do it morning, noon, and evening. That's what Daniel did. Oh, I forgot the reference. Sorry. Um, oh, it's there. Gather friends and community. That's what Esther did. Esther's people were in a time of severe crisis. Her community was in jeopardy, and she gathered them for three days to pray and fast and meditate on what God was saying and to get the vision, and it enabled her to go to the next thing that she needed to do. Here, on Thursdays from 11 to 1, we're creating space for stillness and silence. You can meet with others and sit and be quiet before the Lord. So I'm going to finish. We're going to close right now, and we're going to practice this for just for two minutes, or I don't know how many minutes, but we're just going to sit before God, and then I want to spend some time praying for a couple things. I would like um, us, if we could put Psalm 1 up. I want us to just take a minute in quietness to think about this scripture, meditate on this one and allow um, um, different ways you can do it is just be still, breathe deeply, and look or think about the pictures in here and ask the Holy Spirit um, to speak to you through it. So I'll just do that, and then we're going to be quiet. It's a little awkward. We don't do that much in our tradition, but we're going to take some time to do that. So Holy Spirit... Right now, we, we bring, we come before you. We ask that you'd help us clear our minds of all the other distractions in our lives right now. And help us focus, ponder, consider Psalm 1. And we trust you to speak to us in Jesus' name.
Another thing that, um, that we, we, it's something we call a prophetic act. It's where we do something, an action or whatever, and, and we do it almost like an act of, of um, intercession or declaration over our land. And I think about just even today, us being at peace, that we're doing that even for our land. You know, sometimes I'll do that on my walks. One of the reasons I love Dimple Dell, you have all heard that, is because I can see to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And sometimes I just stand there and I just say, I'm interceding on behalf of this land. And I'm asking for your will to be done and your kingdom to come and peace to come over this land. And it's something we get to do as believers. We get to be ministers of peace and reconciliation wherever we go. Um, I'd like to pray um, before we finish. I'd like to pray for our health care system and um, medical professionals. As I've just this week, I'm in a pastor's meeting. There's a pastor downtown whose daughter is a doctor, and she's like, please pray for us. Um, we're, we're very stressed right now, so please pray for us. I have um, another friend who's a nurse who said, um, please pray for us. And I said, what in particular? And she said, for our mental health. Um, it's not just that community. We're all, we've talked about that today. There's stress, right, in the land. There's stress. And so um, I want to pray for all of us, but I did ask uh, Mark Francis, because he works at a medical clinic, I asked him if he would um, connect with us via Zoom and uh, pray for that today. So, Mark. Hey, everyone. So, Lord, we just want to come to you right now. We lay before you our whole medical community in the state and even beyond this state, but specifically here. Lord, we, we come before you in and ask for in this season that you would release greater strength and wisdom into all of our medical centers at every level. Those that are actually doing the, the treatment and the care, but also those behind the scenes doing all the supportive work. Lord, we pray for those that provide medical supplies, that they're able to do their jobs well and give the caretakers what all that they need. We also, Father, ask for your um, abiding presence in each of their hearts and minds. And as we've heard this morning, Lord, just the strain and the stress mentally and emotionally that all of them and all of us have been under over these past few months. Lord, we ask for your presence to come and to um, deposit increased life, increased hope, and increase strength in this hour as we even face more um, more matters that are, are um, extreme that we're walking in. So Lord, in this season, we just ask that, that you would come and that you would make yourself known that even in those places where the stress is high and the weakness begins to set in, Lord, that you would blow through like a wind to restore, to settle, and to bring this peace, this shalom that we've talked about today in, 
in every heart and every mind to the point that they wonder where did this come from and that there would be those around them that can say where it came from and and where it will continue so lord we we thank you that that you are abiding with us in this time in this season and that we will never be alone no matter what we face we ask that in jesus name amen Amen. So the last few weeks, Aaron has been, read Psalm 32. I hope I have that one right. And read Luke 18. And, and this week, instead of asking you to read something, I'm going to ask you uh, to go home or tonight when you go to bed and you're laying awake or in the morning when you wake up early uh, to meditate on God's word. And also one other thing, ask God, ask the Holy Spirit, is there someone I need to reach out to this week? with a phone call, a note card, whatever it is, an email, a drop-off with a gift or something like that. God, is there someone you want me to touch this week? Just ask the Lord about that so that we can encourage one another and uh, bring one another life. So I bless you all this week. May you go, may you be like trees planted by the water whose leaves never wither who can handle every storm. In Jesus' name, amen.